Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Shayna Harvey. I am coming to you uh, live from my office on uh, this Christmas Eve Eve. Um, I wanted to do a final episode for the year and to close out this season one of Seeking First. So I want to first thank everybody who has been listening. Uh, I've been getting a lot of encouragement in the form of either Facebook posts, uh, tweets, uh, retweets, uh, also for um, from people that I even see uh, on the street who I didn't know were listening, but they were listening. So I want to thank you guys for uh, just hanging in there with me this season, uh, season one. I have some exciting things coming up for season two, which we'll start back up in uh, after I take about a month off total. But um, you'll I think you'll like what I have uh, coming up. And there's also going to be an attempt on my part to add some video to this. So be sure to uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but I wanted to do a Christmas episode since this is indeed Christmas Eve Eve. wanted to do a, a quick, um, just a, a shorter episode than usual. But uh, I wanted to make sure I did address some something for Christmas because right now um, people are shopping, people are buying gifts, they're doing all kinds of, spending all kinds of money on Christmas. And I did a webinar a couple years ago um, at Christmas time to help people kind of organize their finances and not go into debt when it comes to Christmas and all of the things that people spend money on, um, which I'll get into some of those stats a little bit later. But uh, I know Christmas is, for a lot of people, um, a fun holiday, uh, an enjoyable holiday, but for a lot of people, it's not. Um, and that has a lot to do with um, some of the the associations of this season. And when you don't have some of those things that people associate with this season, it makes it really hard to deal with. Um, some of the things that you know I enjoy about Christmas are also hard. Um, for a lot of people, you know, I, I like I like the corny um, holiday movies. Uh, love those. Like, I spent my Saturday cleaning the house and watching a bunch of those like uh, movies where you can literally predict exactly how it's going to end. It's always a happy ending. There's always some like romantic story involved where you know somebody um, is overlooked and then suddenly around Christmas they finally. Um, you know, get looked at by the person that they've been, they had a crush on forever and uh, it makes the Christmas special or somebody needs to save the day at Christmas and they come through. It's always the same thing. It's always kind of this, um, you know, problem um, that happens around Christmas time. And then somebody enact, uh, invokes the Christmas spirit. Um, and then the Christmas spirit comes to save the day. And then everything always works out in the end. Uh, these are like the worst movies ever. Um, but for some reason, I always have to watch them. And I have this year a, a particular affinity for them. I don't know why I keep watching them, but I do. Um, and especially when I'm doing other things, because it's great background stuff. You know, I'm not invested in them, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a low impact uh, movie. Uh, to me, usually. Um, but I'm also cautious about watching them because I know that, 
you know, it, it, it's feeding me still like in my psyche, it's still making me think that this is how life is supposed to be, or that this is what this season is supposed to be. And that's not true. And I actually have to consciously um, help myself to remember that this is not true. I think we spend a lot of time um, teaching kids how to uh, determine uh, make-believe from reality when they're watching cartoons and they're watching the cartoon characters do things that are not um, normal uh, and you don't want them repeating them. Um, but we don't do the same thing as adults. It's like as adults, sometimes we we fall out of that trap and we start seeing all of the glitz and glam on um, TV and in movies, especially at this time of year. And suddenly we think that that's how life is supposed to be, that this is, uh, that's reality. And it's not, it's not reality. It's still make-believe. We're still uh, needing to have that conversation with ourselves as adults that we also were, uh, that our parents or other grown-ups told us about as kids, that that stuff is not real. That all of the things that you see on the TV, they're not real. Um, and so we don't get, end up getting caught up into the falseness of what this holiday season can bring um, in making us have regrets about our lives not working out this perfectly, um, our lives not being what we see on the screen, not having the money that the people on TV have, not being able to do the things that they're able to do, not having the people in our life that they have. Um, they are movies. It's fake. It's make-believe. That's not the reality of life. So wanted to make sure we address that a little bit because it does end up affecting our finances uh, because we spend a lot of money trying to keep up with what we think the holiday season is supposed to be. Uh, we spend a lot of money on stuff that we just really have no business spending a lot of money on, um, trying to live up to the hype of this make-believe um, happiness uh, that's supposed to exist or that we think we, or we're trying to create in some way. We're trying to outrun all of the emotions that we don't want to feel um, at this season. And so we end up spending money as a result of that. So um, let's try to fall out to out of that trap. Um, and to do so, we're going to need some, some tools. We're going to need um, some focus. We're going to need some help um, because it's too easy. Like it's everywhere, everywhere you go, every store, every, you know, episode of whatever you're going to watch. So unless you're going to become a hermit, which some people do this time of year, because they just can't deal. Um, it, it's, it's kind of impossible to deal with, but we just need some, some spiritual handles to deal with it. I just want to throw out some statistics because they were kind of alarming to me. Um, because I, I didn't realize people were spending as much as they have been spending. Um, but the average, uh, but re holiday retail sales, first of all, in 2018 surpassed $1 trillion. That's, it was a record-breaking year. Um, a trillion dollars was spent in retail last year. Um, but man, that, that's so much money. It's 12 zeros to get there. Um, and the average U.S. households in last year uh, spent $1,536. That's actually from a survey done by Deloitte um, that says that uh, that was the average spending. Now, that wasn't all on gifts. A lot of that also had to do with 
um, entertaining or going out. We're buying like outfits and stuff to um, go to these different parties. But um, Christmas gifts and gift cards represented uh, $525 of that. And the extra $1,000 were basically uh, spent on extra stuff, travel, entertainment, all of that stuff. So by the time you add it all up, Christmas costs the average person in America uh, $1,500, uh, which is insane. That's, that's so much money for one. It's like uh, capitalism's climactic holiday, <laughs> which is it's true. Um, people have been, you know, falsely declaring um, uh, that there's been a war on Christmas. I think that's, you know, a bunch of political propaganda just to get people riled up. Um, talking about, you know, uh, people are saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Um, and we're going to, we're going to say Merry Christmas. That's not the war. Like that's so far from, um, being a war. Um, the war on Christmas was a real thing, uh, but it was won and it was fought, uh, before Christmas existed. Um, the initial uh, entrance of Christ into the world was a declaration of war, um, actually a declaration of the victory, because he he basically won when he when he came into the world. Um, it was just climaxed on the cross, um, but the war uh, was real, and there was a war. It was a war on sin that God won um, by coming to the earth as a baby. Uh, and this is where I want us to um, take some time to make sure that we're reflecting on the truth of this holiday, because that's going to help you when uh, you feel like you're not measuring up to what this holiday is supposed to be, where you we don't cook the way that you uh, think you should, where you don't have the relationships that you want to have, where you don't have the people in your life. Um, that you want to be here this season, where you don't have a, a, the money that you want to have during this season. Um, this is something that you can hold on to. That's the truth of what it even means um, for us to celebrate this holiday. And yes, it is a, a originally a pagan holiday, December 25th. And was Christ born on that day? No. Um, but that's kind of besides the point. We, we celebrate this time as a reflection of his incarnation, of him coming into the world, if we are indeed um, Christians, and we'll take time to remember that this season. So I encourage you to make sure that you take some time to, to reflect. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you um, are Christian or uh, uh, Christian curious, because <laughs> uh, otherwise you probably would, would listen to another podcast. But if you're listening to this, uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you are at least curious about Christ um, or um, are already connected and call yourself a follower. So let's us, let us go to scripture at this point. I want to read um, part of the Christmas narrative, which is from Luke chapter 2. Um, I'm going to read here, uh, starting at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cinyrus, or I don't know how you say that, was governor of Syria. 
and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him at the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured of all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we have uh, Mary and Joseph. This is the story of Christmas that we hear so often. And uh, what's funny is this was actually the first sermon I have ever preached Um, I was given this topic in 2004. Um, It was my first completed semester in seminary, and uh, I was asked to preach um, uh, for Christmas Eve service. Uh, I was one of four. We had short sermonettes that we were um, to do, and each of us had a different scripture. And this was mine. Um, Part of this scripture was mine. Um, It's also the same scripture that Linus quotes in Charlie Brown Christmas. For everybody who is a Charlie Brown Christmas fan, I am. I watch it every year. Um, And Linus quotes Luke 2 when um, Charlie Brown is frustrated because everybody around him is wondering uh, what Christmas uh, or is succumbing to the commercialism of Christmas. And he's frustrated trying to do this play and, you know, goes out and buys the the terrible tree and, (laughs) and all of that. But um, Linus, when he says, isn't, isn't there anybody who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, I do, Charlie Brown. I know what Christmas is all about. And um, he begins to quote this scripture. Um, and that's actually how I remembered it. Um, uh, as a kid, I remembered this scripture that Linus quoted. Um, and only as, obviously, I, I got older, I've, I've been meditating on this for years now and it says something different to me every year every time I I look at it and that's you know kind of what the word of God does if you you can read something that you've read a million times and still get something new out of it 
Um, so even if this is familiar to you, I would encourage you to take some time to, to read this this year and see what God wants to say to you um, through this scripture this year. Uh, but this year, one of the things that stood out to me um, is how how God revealed himself to this particular cast of characters. Um, because we usually, especially in American culture, we assume that God is only seen in the, the glitz and the glam, in the lights of, you know, the twinkling lights, the shining lights, the, the things that, um, this world values the the money, the fame, the notoriety, the prosperity. Um, that that that's how we need to reveal God. That God should be seen only in these things. That um, if you don't have these things, then you can't um, you can't reveal God. That you know who would want to follow anybody that doesn't have um, a nice car or who is not in a nice house or who wants to, to listen to anybody who um, has no money at all. Like you have to even look the part, even if you don't have it, you got to fake it till you make it. Um, because that's, you know, that's what people want to follow. And that's why we should, you know, even in, in our churches, um, you know, try to make it as, as, as rich looking as we possibly can so that more people can be attracted to, the gospel and to Jesus. But um, we see here in the Christmas story, uh, as it's known, or the birth of Christ uh, in truth, we see here that <laughs> this cast of characters was nothing of the sort. That God's entrance into the world in physical form um, was done in such a way that would probably make most American Christians, if, if not the world, um, definitely American Christians second guess whether or not this was even God. Like why in the world would God um, allow himself to be born in a manger? And a manger is a place where um, animals ate uh, and also a place where they defecated. So you have here the Lord of glory uh, born in this vile, uh, stinky, downtrodden place, uh, born there because uh, there was no room in any of the inns that Joseph and Mary were looking to, to settle into because uh, there was a census being taken. So it was crowded. Like It's like a big convention or something comes to town and all the hotel rooms are booked. Um, and there were no advanced notification. There was no RSVP. Um, so you just got there when you got there and you hoped, um, in that, that society, you hoped that you would be able to find a place to stay, but there was just no room. Um, and the only place that they could find was this barn. And so once she gave birth again, there's no epidural at this time. Joseph, I'm sure did not have midwifery training. Um, so he's born to his, his, his father, um, his earthly father and his earthly mother. Um, and then at the same time, God reveals his birth to a group of shepherds. And the shepherds were kind of like the lowliest people. Um, they were like the working poor. 
they were people who um, were not very well esteemed in society. Um, they were people who um, would have been, uh, I know in the Matthew text, it talks about all of the, um, uh, the kind of the, the opposite of, I think that the traditional story there in Matthew um, is told from the perspective of kind of the opposite of who you think would be um, the first to see God, who God would choose to be the first to lay eyes on him incarnate. Um, because there was also at that time a celebration being held uh, for the king. And most people were off uh, attending the celebration, but shepherds didn't have the luxury of getting off that day. We think about people who, um, you know, don't get a chance to take off on holidays because they have to work. Um, not even just because of um, needing the money, but sometimes it's the nature of what they do. We think of people who don't, uh, who, uh, if you want to go to a store or in a hospital and they're working on Christmas or they're working on holidays where everybody else gets to celebrate. Um, th this was like shepherds who had to work because their, their jobs didn't allow them to participate in what the rest of uh, the culture allowed them to. Um, and then there were, you know, the Luke text doesn't um, talk about the wise men, but the Matthew text does. And the wise men being uh, people who were seeking after God. They weren't, uh, they weren't Jewish. They were from Persia. Um, they had come a long way because they had already been watching for God. Um, they had already been trying to seek God. Um, so when I think about uh, Christmas and um, God coming into the earth uh, in human form, we, we look at these cast of characters who were the first people to lay eyes on our Lord. Um, this, this is a really important factor in our life as Christians because Christ is not revealed in the things that the world glorifies. Uh, the world will glorify anything that uh, they think is worth glorifying. But what happens is we end up not getting um, not getting the point of Christmas when we just focus on giving gifts to the people who deserve it, um, the people who we love the, or giving gifts at all. Um, we have to make sure that we focus on who did God reveal himself to, considering he was the greatest gift ever. He was uh, the revelation of God is the greatest gift you can actually get. Um, and who did he choose to do it first? He chose people who were obscure, people who were vulnerable, people who were downtrodden, people who were poor, people who were hopeful, people who were devout, people who were rejected, people who were ostracized. When we think about uh, Mary and Joseph, I mean, for Mary to be pregnant uh, and Joseph not be the daddy, um, uh, in that society, that would have been, number one, it was an opportunity or a chance for Joseph to kill her, to have Mary killed. Um, but he chose not to do that. He chose to be honorable um, because the Lord showed him that this was indeed um, his child and that he was calling for Joseph to raise him as his own.
Uh, he was an honorable man who did that. I, I think Joseph doesn't get enough credit um, for being the the stepfather uh, in this in this case. But um, here they were, you know, probably being made fun of or being ostracized. I don't know what they had to endure, but I know it wasn't easy for them to do this. Um, and then we also see uh, shepherds who, again, were going to be people who were not esteemed. It would be like God revealing himself in our society to like a janitor, the people who who clean up after everybody else or um, people who have to, you know, clean up the streets or, um, you know, they, they work, but they're not doing work that the world typically esteems, um, that type of stuff, or retail clerks or, um, you know, fast food workers, people that do the things that we don't want to do, but who end up serving uh, the rest of society in some way, uh, but not getting the credit that they deserve. Um, and then wise men, again, those who were seeking after him, the wise men were looking for this promise that they have, uh, they had been waiting for for a long time. And the time came and God didn't even reveal it to, to people who were who were Jewish, uh, which was a big deal. This whole cast of characters um, received the greatest Christmas gift ever. It was the revelation of God uh, that should never be taken for granted. Um, we always talk about John 3.16, where um, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him uh, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But then in John 17.3, it goes on to describe what everlasting life is. And the definition of everlasting life, according to that text, is knowing God. Um, it's, uh, that's, that's the definition of eternal life, knowing God. And who did God choose to introduce himself to in the beginning? People that are not esteemed by this world. Um, so my encouragement to you this year is that if you are one of the people who you feel like are not esteemed in this world. And that could be in any category. Um, it could be that you are a person who um, doesn't have a lot of money, that you don't have a job that most people think are is um, worth esteeming. Um, you could be a person who doesn't have children um, because the world esteems people who have kids. You could be somebody who's not married because it seems like the world esteems marriage. Um, you could be a person who um, has lost a job. And in our society, we have somehow equated um, the ability to earn a living with worth um, in our society. So you might feel worthless. You might be a person who, um, you know, is really struggling this holiday season. Um, my encouragement um, to you is that you don't have to uh, struggle the same way. Uh, in that struggle, God can meet you and God can reveal himself to you. As a matter of fact, it is that type of person who God uh, initially revealed himself to. And then they went about 
telling everybody else. They were the first to get it. They were the early adopters here of, of Jesus. Um, this is something that we need to remember this holiday season. If you feel like you are that person, if you don't feel like you're that person, I pray that your eyes will be open to the people around you who are, um, that you might uh, give a gift to somebody who doesn't think that, who doesn't expect anything, um, that you might somehow show the light of Christ um, to people who need to see it. Um, those people who are forgotten about, those people who, um, you know, typically don't get the level of esteem that everybody else does. This, this is your season. This is the season for those people. This is when God himself acknowledged them and um, caused them to be uh, called worthy because he revealed himself to them. Um, that is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. So uh, please be encouraged um, and uh, be hopefully mindful of those who uh, might need to hear an encouraging word this season. This is mine to yours. Now, my, my encouragement to you uh, in this season, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to listen to Seeking First this season, uh, season one. I encourage you to continue to listen season two. May you and all of your family have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, may you receive the greatest gift uh, of all, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord. Uh, may he reveal himself to you in a new way this season. This is my prayer for you. Uh, be encouraged. Merry Christmas. <laughs>